Last Sunday was Mother's Day, and coming in June is Father's Day. Now these days are more than what one minister in New Hampshire who said they are the bookends of the biting black fly season. And um, our son reported as he was working outdoors today in New Hampshire, the black flies are back with vengeance. What were and are the dreams and aspirations our mothers and fathers had for us? How do we reflect their legacy for us today? Now, my dad was born shortly after arriving in the United States from Scotland. During the Depression, he was removed from high school to work. When I was seven and we were assembling the crib for my newly born sister, he told me I could be like him and work three jobs a week and not make ends meet. Or I could get an education. When my dad died two years ago, he had outlived all his earthly wealth. However, his three children all had college educations. My adopted son, Leo, arrived when he was six. His father was in jail for murdering his mother's lover. She visited us once with an escaped convict. Leo has learned ways to avoid the cycle of jail and poverty in his family, and I am proud of him. My father-in-law bought and ran a business. His great joy for the future would be that his son would continue it. However, Tom left for Alaska and never came back. His dad offered it to his daughter, but then decided not to pass it on. He sold it when he was 94. Now your experience may be a variation of one of these or completely different. Later during worship, we will be saying the Lord's Prayer together. Now today's scripture is a prayer by Jesus. Now the Lord's Prayer I view as an outline that he gave for us as kind of the idea. And today we see him in prayer, using the prayer for the future. So today's scripture from John includes part of this prayer of Jesus. This prayer takes place after the Last Supper and before his time with God in Gethsemane and his arrest. Jesus' major, major prayer concern is for his followers and disciples. Now, if I had been the lectionary person choosing these verses today, I would have included verse 20, because it includes you and me. Verse 20 says, I'm praying not only for them, his present followers and disciples, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. To me, it's a great comfort that Jesus is praying about each one of us that's going to come in the future. 
this is what Jesus had on his mind in his last days. He was praying for us and into the future. We being part of the family of God, this is Jesus' expectation of us. Now, incredible as it sounds, God and Jesus are relying on people like you and me to carry on his work in the world through telling others, living by God's truth, and touching others in need like Jesus. When I think of my flaws, it is easy for me to say, not me, Lord. God, however, should rely on ministers like Ray and those that have gone to seminary. Why would he want us, those who sit in the pews, to carry on his work? At times, I have been tempted to become one of God's secret agents. You know, just come to Easter and Christmas, get my instructions so I can then sneak back into the world. But how can I do this as a follower of Jesus when he has prayed this prayer for me and for us? and that he has prayed for us to be in the world, but not join the world's ways. How do we do this? How will we impact with our fruitfulness for God? How do we do this when we are surrounded by a God-rejecting world? I wish I had talked with Ray prior to putting this message together this morning, and then we could have used his great example from the Red Word Presbytery in California. However, I am going to use something that came from the Civil War 150 years ago. In April, I was down in Fredericksburg, Virginia and visited the four battle sites there. And after the battle for the city itself of Fredericksburg, when thousands and thousands were dead and wounded, a Richard Kirkland, a Confederate soldier, went among them with his canteen and provided water to both Confederates and Unions alike. He filled his canteen many, many times. Now, most likely, he had lost kin that had died or had been wounded in this battle, but yet he was willing to share with those that were considered his enemies. He showed compassion to all. This is one way to live in the world and yet not in the world's ways, but in God's. I have a picture of a statue that they put together of Richard Kirkland and later on, you can take a look at it. Well, that memory still exists in people's minds today of what someone can do that seemed like a small thing, that seemed contrary to the world's ways, but yet he did it. This should encourage us to do small things ourselves. Now, Jesus in this prayer prayed for many things for us. 
He says that we are women and men that were given by God as Jesus' followers. We are to believe that Jesus was from God, that we're to display Jesus in us as we serve God. We're what is visible of Jesus today. Imagine that. You and me are the visible Jesus today. We are to experience Jesus' complete joy. We will be rejected by the godless world. We are to be holy with the truth of God's word and be careful not to misuse it. Jesus has given each one of us a mission. We are to be consecrated, and consecrated means to be set apart, to be holy. What a powerful prayer from Jesus on our behalf and for all of God's followers. Now, some of our prayers should be like this. How are we, me and you, visible in this world? Are we set apart as holy in our call to be like Jesus? God's plan is to rely on each of us to share what God is doing. This is a word-of-mouth campaign by God. When I think of how I came to be a follower of Jesus, it wasn't because of baptism. It wasn't because of communion. Someone shared about their love of Jesus, what Jesus had done for them. And then one day, God tapped me 40 years ago, and I ineffectually at times, and sometimes trying to respond to God's movement within me, have tried to continue to share with others about Jesus. I answered an altar call after this from this person who talked with me. That very night, that same church made a decision never have an altar call there again so it would not affect their services. Much like Ray was pointing out, sometimes we think we're protecting God by doing strange things. Each one of us has a unique message to someone or some group. By not doing so, we diminish in a small way God's wanting to reach out to all. I do not see how we can, after Jesus' prayer, say, why me? God passed it on to Jesus, Jesus to his followers and disciples, to us and beyond. Jesus has prayed for us to be successful in this endeavor. Now each Sunday here at John Hus, in English, and those of you that can sing in Czech, which is not me, we end the worship time with Christians rise and act your creed. Jesus has prayed that we will do so, go and share and do. Amen.